liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without some crazy Liberty rants to step to. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we've got some crazy, crazy stuff happening in the news, so i got a lot to talk about. Um, not sure which direction I'm going to go with this. I'm just going to kind of freestyle it, but you'll, get, you'll, you'll pick up what I'm putting down. So, first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about how Essentially, the entire past 18 months have been a compliance test. And oftentimes it's been viewed as kind of a, an altruistic look out for your neighbor, be a good person, don't be a conspiracy theorist type of mantra. Uh, but when you actually look back on it, it becomes much more evident what we're dealing with. By the way, I got a test. I don't have COVID. So we're good there, even though I wish I had it. Um, but it is what it is. But my voice is kind of raspy, so bear with me. So it starts off right with 15 days. You got 15 days to slow the spread or to flatten the curve is what they went with. And I think most of us, even, even those that are highly skeptical, skeptical of the government, at first said to ourselves, well, I don't know what this is. Most of us. So we were like, I don't like this, but... 15 days, okay, I guess I'll go along with it. And then it became just stay home. And I was like, well, that's, that's more indefinite, isn't it? And then it became wear a mask. At first, if you recall, Fauci did not say we needed to wear a mask. In fact, he said that it would be security theater and that they were not efficacious. You could then get banned for saying as such. But that's what he said in the first few months of the pandemic. Interesting. So 15 days, compliance test. Just stay home, compliance test. Wear a mask, compliance test. Then it became get the jab, compliance test. Now we're up to get the boosters, compliance test. Now you have the vaccine passport. It's a compliance test. Are you willing to comply to have your liberties returned to you so that you can go to the grocery store you can go to a restaurant. You can go to the, the play in New York. Will you comply? Well, my answer for a long time now has been no. I will not. And unfortunately, there have not been enough people that have said so vocally enough, willing to quit your job, willing to sacrifice something to stem the tide of totalitarianism, to stem the tide of medical tyranny, to stem the tide of fascism which is what we're really dealing with. You have multinational, multi-billion, multi-trillion probably, if you can include the entire industry, conglomerates that are dictating what you have to do. Does that sound like anything other than fascism to you? I think it's probably definitionally exactly that. So you have all of these compliance tests. Now you might say to yourself, Clint, sure, those are compliance tests, but they're for the greater good. Well, my question for you is this. If the next level of compliance test is, 
For those that don't comply, you now need to report them to the government. Will you say no? Now, if you're listening to the show, I'm sure you will say no. But I would imagine there are plenty of people that don't listen to this show that will gladly turn in those vectors for infection. And then they say, so you have enough people reporting your neighbors. You get to a point where it's only, say, 20% of the population that is still not willing to comply. 80% are going along with it just because they're going along to get along, whether they're believers or not. So you have four on one plus the power of the state plus the monopoly of violence that is the state. So you have 80% on 20% plus a monopoly on violence. Now they say, we're going to need to house these people. We can't have them running around keeping these lockdowns as a persistent threat to freedom-loving people. I'm sure they'll frame it in such a fashion. So they say, we have to build some camps. Well, you got laid off. You need the you need the income. You got kids at home. Will you go and build those camps? They're only temporary, they tell you. Then they say, "Well, we got to run some utility lines to these camps. It pays double what building the camps paid." You you willing to do that? Well, you just had a third kid. Things are getting tough. Inflation is rampant. You say to yourself, "Well, it's only temporary." If I don't do it, someone else will. You have all sorts of mental tricks in which you can justify participating. So you run the gas lines. And then it comes down to the final, the final bell. Now say it's only 10% that have still stood strong or unwilling to comply. And at this point, you're starting to get frustrated with them. You say, why don't you just comply? This is how it happens. And all of a sudden, your boss comes to you and says, I'm going to need you to turn on those ovens. My question to you is this. If you think that it's tough to stop complying now, when will you be willing? When are you going to be willing to sacrifice something? Not, not just for your sake, but for the sake of your children's liberty moving forward. That's my question. That's what I'm concerned with, is the fact that I'm not sure that liberty can survive the trajectory that we're on. In fact, I'm certain it can't. And my only question is, can we get enough people to stop complying before we get to the camps, before we get to the gas lines, before we get to the ovens? I know it sounds hyper hyperbolic, perhaps apocalyptic, but if you look at Australia and New Zealand right now, you can see pretty, pretty cleanly what I'm talking about. They have a zero COVID policy. They are saying that no matter what, if we have one case, we will relock down. Now, keeping in mind that the jab, you can still get it. You can still spread it. According to Fauci, according to the CDC, that's a fact. So that means that cases will be with us for the rest of humanity. It's going to be endemic. We will have... COVID with us forever. It's going to be like the common cold, but worse. That's where we're at. I'm not happy about it. It's predictable. I wish it weren't this way, but it is. The virus is able to transmit to animals, 
for that purpose alone, you cannot get it to stop coming into human beings because it will continue to go back and forth. It'll continue to evolve. You will have variants for the rest of our lives. That's where we're at. So you have no choice but to stop complying at some point or become a brown shirt. Now, if you're listening to this, I know your answer. Your answer is, I've already stopped complying. What can we do to to persuade those that haven't stopped? What can we do? Can we show them Australia and New Zealand and say, guys, does this look okay to you? We're a year and a half into this thing and they're being relocked down for a single case. Imagine if that were the case in America today. Well, to some extent it is. Just depends on where you live. New York, LA, San Francisco, they're rolling out vax passes. They're saying you can't go back to your normal life. Essentially an eternal lockdown order for only those that are unwilling to comply. A two-tiered system of justice. Basically, you don't have the right to say no. Your medical freedom, your autonomy, your, cho- your choice to decide what you put in your body, it's gone. I mean, this is the slippery slope of allowing the war on drugs to persist as long as we did. That we gave the government the precedent of saying what you're not allowed to put in your body. Is it that big of a leap to then say what you have to put in your body? I don't think it's a big leap. And this is the logic that allows dictators to continue to grow their power. To, to ask more, to demand more, I should say. That's, that's how it progresses. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Now, they don't move quickly, generally. It takes decades. But this is where you get. We're 250 years into this experiment known as America. And at this point, we are in the death throes of an empire. Of an empire collapsing. And all you have to do is look at Afghanistan to see exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons that they probably did what they did. I think the best thesis I've heard as to why they left troops behind, why they left all that, uh, all the weaponry and things of that nature is simply that the generals slow rolled the withdrawal because they hoped that they could call Joe Biden's bluff and prevent the withdrawal to get him to cancel it or delay it to give them an opportunity to have some false flag or, or antagonize the Taliban into attacking so that they can justify re-engagement. I think that's the most logical conclusion I've heard of because it doesn't make sense to me that they would want to demonize Joe Biden. He is, after all, one of their biggest supporters. He has propagated the military-industrial complex's line for his entire career. He's a warmonger deep down at his core. So the fact that they are making him look bad shows to me, you, you can have a different analysis on this, I'm, I'm obviously just armchair quarterbacking this thing, but it looks to me like they are saying, even our people, you don't end wars. You don't do it. Even if it's to relocate troops to go do some other conflict, they go, you don't do it. We decide. And what we decide is they don't ever end. Now, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how we got to the point that Military contractors and the people that build weaponry are so deeply embedded in the fabric of our governance that they are able to make these calls. But I don't believe that the generals that are presiding over the lives of young men 
that they would be so callous as to just keep them there needlessly forever unless there was financial incentive to do so. And all you have to do is look at what do generals end up doing once they retire? They sit on the board of Halliburton and things like that. Huge paydays. Seven-figure sums. So, I don't think that it's a principled stance. I think it's a financial one. As are most things when it comes to government. Simply because the government is so enormous. It just makes sense. So, New Zealand police just yesterday tweets out, who wants to play a game? Go home, stay home, you're it. That's your future if you don't refuse to comply. That's where we're going. We're this close. We're this close. I'm very concerned because I'm not seeing a will from the people here to say no more. We're not going to keep doing this. We've, get, we've done everything you've asked. It's been 18 months. We're done. Ultimately, anybody who wants to have been injected has already been. It's adequately available. It's not as if anyone is unaware that it exists. So ultimately, the vulnerable, those that would opt for it, have already taken it. There is no moral justification at this point at all to say you have to stay home. You have to look after the, uh, the at risk. It's done. Those people are no longer at risk unless the thing doesn't work. But that's, that's not what you're saying. You're just saying you have to take boosters and things like that and they'll have protection, which if it's true, great. But under your own logic... The, the whole reason we were doing this was to look after the elderly, the infirm, those with uh, comorbidities, things of that nature. That's what it was. That's why we were staying home, because we had to make sure that the vulnerable were protected. The vulnerable are now protected. It's over. COVID's fucking over. It's done. Any further steps to infringe on my liberty under the pretense that I am looking out for others or that I am forced to is a lie and it's aggression. And aggression, my friends, is a violation of the non-aggression principle and as such, I can return in kind. That's how it works. Without that final sentence I just said, the nap is garbage. It's trash. It's pacifism. It's an unwillingness to defend yourself. I am willing to defend myself. You cannot aggress upon me or the people like me any further. That's how it works. I'm not being a radical. I'm just using the definition. You have aggressed upon me needlessly. It is punitive in nature. That's what it is. Simple as that. It is punitive in nature to go after people that are unwilling to do what you demand of them because the people that are willing have already gotten what you offered them. Sorry, I can't speak more explicitly, but this is the dystopic Orwellian nightmare we exist in where I have to speak in code so that I don't get nuked from different platforms. As tragic as it is, I still want my voice out there, so I have to dance around like a puppet. 
Makes me sick. <sighs> this episode of Liberty Lockdown is brought to you by our friends over at Crash.co forward slash daily. That's the daily job hunt newsletter I tell you about all the time. They're my friends because they're doing what I advise all the time. They are giving people assistance on how to find the job of their dreams. All the Daily Job Hunt is is a daily newsletter that hits your inbox every morning, gives you some information on how to become the applicant that employers are looking for. There has never been a better time to get a job than right now. Never. There are so many openings, it's unbelievable. That opportunity ends fairly soon. If Joe Biden makes good on his promise to end unemployment insurance at the federal level, you will see a huge flood of people entering the job market. If you're the type of person that is unwilling to do what your employer demands when it comes to medical treatment, this is your opportunity to get into a field or into an, a different employer, even in the same industry, that does not treat you as if you're their property. This is your chance. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt. You will not regret it. It's been a while since I've talked about the real estate market, so I'd like to give a brief update on that. Ultimately, we're still in the same situation that we were eight months ago because the foreclosure and eviction moratoriums have not been lifted because the regulatory environment for building is still a nightmare, bureaucratic to its core, extremely problematic. So that's where we're at. Still too short of inventory. The Federal Reserve has still maintained interest rates at record lows. So there is still artificial demand because money is essentially free. So you have too much demand, too little supply, all government created, and ultimately a bubble to end all bubbles. Starter homes in California, median price over the past month is up, or over the past year is up 25%. Does that sound sustainable to you? Up 25% year over year, and the median price of a home in California for the first time ever is now over $800,000. Let me repeat that. The median price is over 800 grand in California. Now, it's obviously a lot cheaper elsewhere. I'm not trying to, you know, make it sound as if everywhere is as screwed up, but this is where we're at, you know? You got to you got to face the facts. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. You cannot continue to print and then they have this infrastructure bill which is upwards of 3.2 trillion from what I've read. That's going to continue to flood the market with fiat currency. We've already done seven trillion over the past year. That puts us at 10 plus trillion in printed money over the past year and a half. 10 trillion. Our national debt's only 30 trillion. It means a third of our national debt has been printed in the past year. I think it's 80 percent of all the dollars created in human history, or U.S. history, I should say, were created over the past 12 years. Not sustainable. Now, I have said numerous times, I think we will have a deflationary bust before we have the ultimate blowout hyperinflationary death of fiat currency globally. I still tend to believe that. However, if you don't have a hedge, get one. This is not financial advice. I'm going to get one. <laughs> get, get some cryptocurrency, preferably Bitcoin, in my humble opinion. Get some precious metals, preferably silver and gold, in my opinion. None of this is financial advice. If you don't have a hedge and you have a savings, you don't have a savings. <laughs> that's, that's how I view it at this point. 
So you also have this unbelievable disaster when it comes to employment. You have a record low unemployment rate under 4%. I think it's verging on 3%, and yet you have over 10 million job openings nationwide. That means that people are sitting on unemployment. So they're, I don't even know, I don't know how they're gaming these figures that you can have such low unemployment and yet still have a huge, just disastrous pool of unfilled job applications. So it's creating further inflation because this is how it works. Employers then have to pay their employees more, which means that their goods then cost more, which means that then what they sell costs more, which then means that an employee needs to demand more money in order to afford those goods, which means that they then have to pay them more, which means that the goods go up in price, which means you see the cycle. That's how it works. That's how hyperinflationary comes to pass. It just keeps increasing. Year after year, decade after decade. It's been doing it our entire lives. The value of a dollar over the past hundred years is about a percent, one percent of what it once was. 99% of your wealth, gone. It's going to continue in that trajectory. There are usually major setbacks when you have so much debt, which we have so much debt. You normally have a deflationary collapse, but we have never had a federal government so willing to print We have never had anything close to this. It gives me chills thinking about it. I've worked so hard to save up and acquire and accumulate as much wealth as I have at a relatively young age. And it can be evaporated overnight. And it's not even me that I'm worried about because I'm, I know how to hedge. I know how to be able to weather this. I'm so deeply concerned about those that are unaware that those that have no idea what jeopardy they, they're in, despite the fact that they go to the grocery store and they see that goods are now 25% more than they were a year ago. They think it's temporary. This is, what the, this is what the corporate media tells them. They tell them this is temporary price inflation. It's just temporary. Well, tell that to your bank account because gas is north of four bucks again in California. Your groceries are up 10, 15, 25%, depending on what you're buying. This is all over recent time frame. The price of real estate is up 25% year over year. And yet they'll tell you CPI, like actual inflation based off of federal analysis, which is a joke, is four, maybe 5% if you're really aggressive. Well, let me counter that with this. I would say it's undoubtedly double digit. How about that? Now you have this thing called the rule of 72. Normally you use it to define how fast your investments will double in value. So you take the interest rate that you expect to make annually. Say it's 10%. You divide by 72 or 72 divided by 10. That's 7.2 years to double your investment. That also works in reverse. So if you have 10% inflation annually, your savings get cut in half in 7.2 years. That's a big deal. That's the type of deal that, that gets people to revolt. This is the type of deal that gets people to roll out guillotines. That's the type of deal that gets people to demand either freedom or further encroachment on freedom. 
And so far, it's been the latter. And that's what I'm trying to stop. This is why I do the show. Because I need people like you that understand what's happening. That it's not corporate greed. It's not some sort of failure of capitalism. It is a product, almost exclusively, of government. And lockdowns. The lockdowns are the other unbelievable factor of this that no one mentions. You locked down the economy for a year. You broke the supply chains. Of course you're going to have inflation. Now, when they talk about inflation, that's the only thing they blame it on, which is hilarious. You have the Fed chairs talking about it. They say, well, it's temporary because the supply chains were messed up because of lockdowns. They don't mention the seven trillion printed or 10 after, you know, the infrastructure bill gets rolled out. Nah, that couldn't be it. Couldn't be the 10 trillion we printed. It has to be the lockdowns. Well, how about this? How about it's both? How about it's both? How about it's both the 10 trillion and the lockdowns? Neither of which had to happen because the printing was a response to the lockdowns that didn't have to happen. Or the fact that this fucking thing was created by our government in a little laboratory over there. That's all I can say about it. But you get what I'm saying. If you love playing fantasy football but struggle to find the right resources to help with your research, the guys at Football Insider Edge have you covered. Whether you are a season-long player focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests or just beating your buddies up in that local league or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games, Football Insider Edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level with their proprietary model matchup charts and industry award-winning content the team at football insider edge have devoted themselves to educating their subscribers helping them improve their play and in a few special moments winning life-changing money they are proud of the community that they've built and and i've built uh, through weekly interaction on their Slack channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of the show and of the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. The season starts in two weeks. Get on it. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code Liberty at checkout to take advantage of that discount. Again, use code Liberty for 20% off. Go to footballinsideredge.com. So I have two visions for this future that I don't know I don't know what track we take. Actually I'll I'll throw in a third, the optimist one. The first path, the one that we're currently on is one of cowed sheep-like humanity that doesn't rise up in unison and say no more. We are free people. You don't treat us like this. We aren't slaves. So, the current trajectory, we don't have people rise up. Where where does that head? Well, I think you're looking at it in New Zealand and in Australia. You have a continuation of the totalitarian dictatorship-like lifestyle that they now exist under. And I don't think it's I don't think it's exaggeration to describe it as such. With that comes further supply chain breakdowns, with that comes further printing of fiat currency, with that comes a hyperinflationary death spiral. That's that's the trajectory we're on. I don't think there's any doubt at all that that's where we're headed if we don't fight back you then have the alternative option of heading in that trajectory and the government as things get out of control become increasingly violent and totalitarian because the people start to rise up but in fits and starts it's not it's not in unison it's not enough to to stop it before it gets so bad you have no choice but for violence 
that's that's kind of plan B. So we have a muddle through, slow increase in totalitarianism, inflation leading towards more violent totalitarianism. Then you have the second option of people rising up, but it being too late, hyperinflation then ultimately stops the dictators because they can no longer pay their troops and civilization kind of breaks down into an anarchic, uh, kind of like an Afghanistan situation. And then there's the third option. I'm going to talk more about that one because I think it's the most hopeful and it's the one that I, I need to see. So the third path would be a rapid rise in decentralization. And it was Birdarchus that pulled, pulled the black pill out of my mouth and mentioned that today on Twitter. And I think he's right. You know, if, if we can go that path, if we can get particularly the Liberty community to onboard into crypto and precious metals prior to the ultimate death spiral of fiat, the people that believe in freedom will become the most financially well healed in this country and capable of wielding outsized power for their percentage of the, of the population, creating a future more beautiful than I could probably imagine. Now that's the most optimistic I'm not saying it's likely, but I think that there's, there's reason to be hopeful. And then the fourth path. The fourth path is that I leave and I let you guys deal with this. <laughs> and I don't want that path because I care about you guys and I care about this country. As anarchistic and unnationalistic as I am, I think the people here are very special. I value the culture from which I'm from. I can't help it. It's true. So I would like to have a future that's as positive and freedom-oriented for those people, my friends, my family, my community, that I can imagine. You know, that's my hope. But unless we're able to galvanize and unify with one another, overlook the temporary, less important differences between each other, there's no hope for that. We're going to have to put our differences aside when it comes to race and all the things that the the media tries to pretend are huge wedges in our dynamic. You and I know they're not. You and I know that ultimately the main division amongst the people are those with power and those without. Those that utilize the government to take advantage of others and those that are the victims of that. There's obviously some middle ground there. It's not a total dichotomy or uh, it's not bifurcated entirely. But ultimately, that's the real divide. And unless we, can, unless we can come together and rise up to say we're done, we're done fucking doing that. We're done pretending that the poor guy that looks different from me down the street, my neighbor, the, the one that wears the mask, he's my enemy. No, no, no. The guy who tricked him into thinking he should wear that mask. He's both of our enemy. Now, it's not enough for just me to realize that. It's the guy with the mask that needs to realize that too. If we're going to rise up in unison and do it peacefully, it's going to take a huge percentage of the population. Look at France. Look at how many people are in the streets. It's unbelievable. You have these photos that it's just like, it looks like a million people. I don't know how they're capable of it and we're not. I don't know if their media hasn't done as good a job dividing us as ours have. 
or, or their political system, as opposed to our politicians who do a knockout job of dividing us. But we need to see past it. We need to see through it. We need to understand that it is propaganda. Most of us get that, especially the red pilled out there. But a lot of us still maintain this animus, this animosity towards the people that have fallen for the propaganda. Have some sympathy for them. Understand that at some point you were probably like them. Now, is it embarrassing that they haven't figured it out yet? Sure. We can laugh about it. We can joke about it amongst each other. But when we're talking to them, approach them with some kindness. Realize that you, you at one point also bought some of those lies. I know many of you supported the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Think of that 9-11 was, you know, came from there. It didn't. Have some sympathy. They've been lied to by their college professors, the media, the politicians, Hollywood, and every power structure in this nation. Most of them since birth. Most of them have had no outlet for alternative opinions and have been told that if they seek them out or consider them deeply, they're conspiracy theorist nutters. They're Trump supporters. Ooh. Have some sympathy. Come together with one another and we can win this. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin'. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit A win over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe